The following is a fourth-hand production. Then he had a... It's lights out! Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eye. That's it. I've had it with this dump! We've got no food, we've got no jobs. Our pet's heads are falling off! I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to park. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello, and welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I am your host, Ethan Wilson, here with my co-host, Jake Spencer. hey And this is a podcast where one of us recommends a movie that the other one has not seen to watch during the week, and then we discuss that said movie on the show. Today, the movie that I suggested for us to watch is John Wick from 2014, starring Keanu Reeves. Michael Nyquist, Alfie Allen, Willem Dafoe, and Ian McShane. It is a movie about an ex-hitman that comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that killed his dog and took everything from him. So, Jake, what's up, man? How you doing? I am good. You know, this movie's just been on my mind the last few days, so, uh, yeah. That's good. Just been thinking about it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, once you get going, it it doesn't really stop. It's pretty. It's no, it pretty does not. Get to go, you're going. That's all it is. Um. So, like I said, I suggested this movie this week off of the the episode that me and Jake did about the Born Identity because, you know, structurally they're in the same vein. They're the same style of movie. Uh, John Wick is not a super assassin, but he isn't an, an ex hitman. So. It just depends on if you're considering a hitman for gangsters, an assassin, based or versus like Jason Bourne, who was a hitman for the government, killed, like yeah, political figures and and government uh, figures and things like that. So Jake, um, did you like this movie? I did actually. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect aside from just a bunch of uh, violence and a, and a. Vengeance for a Dog, that's all I knew beforehand. Uh, I now know what Baba Yaga is from. Seen, I think that was like your Twitter handle for a little bit. Yeah, probably. Or it was either Matt's, I don't remember, but it was somebody's, and I'm just like, what does that mean? And now I know what it means. It actually means like uh, the witch or something. The boogeyman or something like that. In in the movie, it's the boogeyman. Oh, okay. But like in in Ant-Man and the Wasp... um, Paul Rudd's like group of ex-cons with uh, the Mexican guy and the Michael Russian Pena. dude. Michael Yeah, yeah, and then the Russian dude and then T.I. Uh, is in it. Yeah. The Russian dude, when the villain pops into the room because she's got like that suit that makes her like Ant-Man small and large. And, yeah. But she's like phasing in and out of yeah, the, ghost. The, the reality because she's been exposed to whatever in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just, oh, Baba Yaga. Oh, uh, so, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch that. I haven't seen so that. So in that once. movie, in that movie, I would imagine he's talking from like the idea of like it's a witch. Okay, gotcha. Because Baba Yaga, if you look it up, is something. It's a Russian for like a female witch or something like that. Okay. 
in this movie they're using it as a as a description for the boogeyman just a generalized scary thing yeah that's cool though so as far as uh you said it wasn't it was or wasn't what you were expecting is that what would you say i mean i expected it to just be nothing but i mean i don't even know what i expected i mean it's all yeah that's all kind sp- of all violence that's kind of uh that's kind of where i was when i first watched this because i didn't go see this in theaters i had no okay. idea it was a thing when it was in theaters i had heard about it from on twitter through uh shout out shea serrano mm-hmm. giant action movie guy talks about john wick a lot um gotcha he's a writer for the ringer he's wrote okay basketball and other things movies and other things things like that he's a writer so i saw him just tweeting about it nonstop around that time 2014 so i went i was living in miami at the time no yeah i had to have been at least back from when i moved out to california and then came back uh i was living in it had been at my mom's house so i went to go visit my dad and on the way he told me to stop and grab a movie and i had heard about john wick so i grabbed it and uh, me and my dad watched it i didn't know what it was about I read the summary on IMDb, IMDb, so I expected it to be like a shoot 'em up and stuff. And Keanu Reeves had been in like The Matrix and Speed and stuff, so I kind of felt like it was going to be some crazy action movie. Um, but I didn't expect this like really flashy looking gun fu, yeah, uh, movie with like this weird underbelly lore of this gangster assassin network, hitman network with the hotel and yeah, and everything. And as those movies go on, they expand on that kind of world of the hitman with the coins and the 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 hotel and things like that Mm -hmm. so what were some things that you did not like or any problems that you had with the movie jake well um my i only had three i mean i didn't write a ton because i mean to be totally honest there wasn't the most amount of dialogue in this movie yeah but a lot of the storytelling was all visual but i really liked that um, excess violence for my taste just for general movies I did have I mostly could handle it I did have to close my eyes a couple of times at some little more gruesome like the parts. knife stuff yeah the knife stuff the I definitely knife stuff, was just kind of like the knife stuff gets me yeah um, in the third one there's a very they're in a because I probably we're not probably never going to talk about the third one because I don't like it as much but mm-hmm. there is a uh, scene where they're in like a weapons museum that you see um and there's this real cool scene where he he's trying to all the guns you know are plugged because they're they're museum weapons they're display and stuff so what he does is he disassembles like six different weapons and puts them together in one and headshots a guy with one bullet that he has in his pocket mm-hmm. um and then he turns the corner and these two they're fighting like jujitsu or whatever and then they realize the two cases on either side of them are full of knives so then they start throwing they start throwing knives and stuff at each other and he puts one he puts one v- like viciously through a dude's eyeball and i watched i saw that in theaters and i that was something i was like it was made me feel queasy cuz it's like very like i mean you know they're doing the shaky camera thing and then it it stops and like zooms in while he's and you're getting a good you're getting a good look at the yeah. the stab yeah the first problem that i had was the security system at his house yeah they just uh, walked in terrible um and Yosef and his direct bunch of goons that are around him, his like little posse, mm-hmm. uh, 
um, seem to be very incompetent. I mean, when John Wick gets them at the end, they're all iced out in like seconds. Yeah. They're all done. So you'd think that some guy that's, uh, maybe it's because he's like, he is John Wick and he's this dude that could protect himself mm-hmm. that he wouldn't have the greatest security system. But yeah. you'd think that someone like that would have, especially with his background of being in with this Russian mob. Yeah. And things would have a security system that would have at least backup stuff in case the initial one got knocked out. And that leads to kind of like a similar thing in the hotel scene where what um, I can't remember what her name was, uh, but played by Adrian Perkins. Yeah, Perkins. Perkins. Um, Mm. She just walks into his room. Yeah, but that's also you're not supposed to do business in the hotel. Yeah. So. that one's more understandable. That's true, and that's why she does get executed at the end. Yeah, spoiler I, alert. Uh, <laughs> if, I mean, if they have, if they're watching the movie while we're talking about it, yeah, then, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> but yeah, I know. Um, so for my second one, one, he when he gets tossed off the second floor of the nightclub, and then he shows that he has a gun behind him. Why didn't he just use that sooner? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if he just thought maybe he couldn't get to it and then get an effective shot on the guy mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. He had just gotten stabbed in the side with that wine bottle, too, that champagne yeah. bottle, too. So, Yeah, I, I um, just thought that was weird. I'm like, okay, he, I mean. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, to, to his, uh, it was a little more realistic. He only fell down one flight of, like, a floor, opposed to Jason Bourne falling down, like, 15 and being but- fine. Jason Bourne did land on a, a big cushy guy, <laughs> and that guy, and he got thrown, land straight on his back. I mean, that would. But anyways, uh, um, I have just my, one more dislike. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even dislike. It says there was a few times where John Wick could have benefited from executing a few solid groin kicks. Yeah. There's no shame in hitting another man's beanbag if it'll save your life. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> My second one is the is the little pup dying at the first. Yeah, um, I understand why they did it. It's a, a a plot a way to advance the plot to the movie to where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is more just me hating watching little puppies get killed or dogs yeah. or any animals really get killed in a in a movie. Um, yeah, I don't enjoy that very much. The fact that we we only ever get to see even in the second and third one they're like direct sequels. You don't ever get to see this prime time John Wick. You're seeing him directly out of retirement. Oh, okay. So he's like let's say half of what he originally was because he said he's been off like five years or yeah. something. Um, and he's been married. You know how it happens when you get married. You put on that put on that married weight. You're just sitting around the house with the with the misses and stuff. Getting a little so. soft. Yeah, so I would enjoy a prequel, kind of. I, I don't know how you would be able to do that with because Keanu Reeves is John Wick, you know, yeah. he's kind of older. But it would be cool if they kind of showed that last big job to get yeah. out and then settle settling down. That would be cool. Yeah, and I don't know if that's I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the second one, and I've only watched the third one the one time in theaters. I don't know if they ever talk about that again in either one of them because i know it gets re- the third one gets real heavy into the lore of the the hitman uh network mm-hmm. to where he's like ends up out in africa wandering the desert looking for these people i don't know i, I what you get what i what i wrote down here was what you're getting to watch is 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 not michael jordan with the bulls it's michael jordan with the wizards <laughs> you're not getting That's to watch prime time michael jordan he's still good 
Yeah. He's not he's not putting up 38 a game and winning MVP anymore. No. And then this is just like a preference gripe. This last one. I hate that the progressive mayhem guy is in this movie. I thought that was hilarious. But I also know him as the vulture from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, and, you know, just cast anybody else to be the security head muscle guy. Because when I see him, all I see is, like, him popping up and being like, Hi, I'm Mayhem, and that's John Wick. And if you're not careful, you may not be insured to protect yourself against John Wick or things like John Wick. And then you just watch John Wick decimate six different people in a a car fly through a building or something and it'd be like progressive mayhem watch out i don't know it just every time i see that guy that's what it reminds me of you should watch brooklyn 99 it'll it'll make you appreciate him a lot more yeah um yeah so what are some favorite parts that you had jake so first of all i the way he you know runs around using his guns i've seen like i've seen him do that you know on those viral videos of him practicing at the shooting range. So I was like, oh, it's actually cool to see kind of what his uh, gun training actually translated into. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was for that movie, this movie that he started yeah. doing that. Because yeah. there's other there's other videos of Halle Berry with him doing the same thing. Yeah. And she was in the third one. Oh, okay, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. like Because I had seen those like on Instagram or, you know, just on reddit or whatever and i'm just like oh that's cool that he's doing that he's very accurate and whatnot and then seeing how it works out in the movie i'm just like oh i like that yeah he's i mean it goes back i mean you know that was one of my gripes about um the jason Bourne movie with matt damon they said that he trained eight hours a day or something or Uh, like 300 hours of gun training to like i said i would need that much time so i don't know yeah it's cool that he's he does that i mean he definitely it makes it it makes the the fighting look more fluid i guess yeah um and he's supposed to you know they're they're both playing these like super super huge um like assassin yeah hitman guys that would be professionally trained with these things so i don't know it's kind of a it's kind of a hypocrite stance for me i guess i don't know well um it, um i read <laughs> something about even back in like terminator 2 uh the guy who played t1000 did a ton of hours of gun training so he could run and shoot and not blink his eyes yeah. at all and i'm just, yeah because he's like this weird liquid metal robot yeah, cause he's guy. supposed to be a robot and not blink at all while shooting not have a reaction I'm just yeah. like, that would be crazy. So like I Man, said, I would guy, have to do that much training too. That guy's so. a cool villain. I like that. Villain. Oh yeah. The whole scene at the red circle club, the first, uh, the first big fight, mm-hmm. I guess other than, I mean, there's one at his house, which is sick. Um, but the, the scene at the red circle club, I just like the set design. Oh in that yeah. Scene. The outside of the place looks cool. Uh, it looks like this cool, like, greco-roman architecture new york Uh, city building on the outside yeah and then the the inside you have the in the bottom level you have like the pool room and then it goes up to like the dance floor area and then there's like a nice like bar area at the top yeah it's just a really cool design and it's very video gamey to where he has to go through most of these levels to get to where he's trying to go yeah um that whole scene's cool the the fighting in is really awesome the whole Two in the chest, one in the head thing he's doing to everybody is great. I just enjoy that whole scene. Every time I watch it, the people dancing, and he shoots those, like, six people in the dance crowd, and everyone just keeps dancing. Nobody cares that this dude is getting murdered all around him. So I wrote down from the beginning, I just wrote, Willem Dafoe. And then I put a quote, 
I'm something of a mercenary myself. Yeah. And for those who don't know, that is a quote or kind of a, a parody quote from Willem Dafoe's character in Spider-Man. Norman Osborn. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that would be kind of funny. I, you know, I didn't. So thing is, I didn't look at the cast list before I watched this movie. I did not expect to see Willem Dafoe. It always seems like a surprise when he shows up in a movie. Right? It does. But it was a pleasant surprise. I was like, oh. Yeah, like the, okay. like the Boondock Saints. It's like you're messing around with these two Irish guys and their wacky Boston friend. And then all of a sudden, Willem Dafoe pops in the scene. And he's like the head detective that is on the case uh, for the two guys. Interesting. And it's just it's just always it just feels always feels like a surprise that Willem Dafoe is in a movie. <laughs> I know, right? The scene at the church where he burns all the evidence and yeah. the money in the Russian uh, the Russian vault thing. Yeah. And he goes in there and that you know that that rabbi or priest, I guess yeah. it would be for a, for a Catholic church. The priest walks up to him and asks him what he needs and he just shoots him in the leg with that assault rifle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then he kills the two guys in the pew and up on the thing, and that dude, the priest, is just cussing, screaming at him <laughs> about it. Um, and then he takes him downstairs, and you know he kills the two guys that are down there. He he wounds them. Yeah. And then he tells the priest to open the open the thing, and he said he says, "No, Vigo will kill me if I do." And he turns around and sh- he shoots the guy next to him, and then shoots the other guy in the head, and then points the gun back at the rabbi and just says, "Uh huh." <laughs> yeah. I really like that that part. It's funny. And then he just, you know, it's like the it's like the Joker at the end of uh, uh, the Dark Knight, where he just burns everything and walks away. And at least um, he is a nice guy. He let the ladies leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He let the ladies leave. Um, so go ahead with your ne- if you have another one. Oh yeah. Um, I I just wrote so my first few are still like in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll zip through some of the stuff at the beginning since we're kind of moving well, we along. Can, we can we can we can bounce around. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Take okay. Time. So I wrote. Um. Oh, that's so nice. She set up a dog to be sent to him after she died. I'm like, that is actually really cool. Yeah in the the note about yeah how he needed someone to be sad with yeah uh that's very understandable fun driving practice too i just yeah the random driving scene where he's just driving that sick mustang and cutting drifting and driving that thing so hard i couldn't remember if the dog was still with him or not during that scene they didn't specify because i was curious i'm like is he doing those really sharp turns with the puppy in the seat it had been a while since i watched it i didn't couldn't remember if the dog was in the seat I don't think he was. I they didn't show him drop the dog off or not. It just showed yeah. him driving. He comes out of that. He comes out of that super nice airplane hangar though. So maybe there's a little dog kennel in there. It's something. very possible that he did put the <laughs> dog in there. I mean, because then um, yeah, the dog was with him afterwards in the car the, on the gas station. That that uh, since we bounced back to the first movie, that initial uh, set of like SWAT team type. Uh, soldiers that were sent to his house mm-hmm. when he's getting all suited up for to fight. Uh, did you notice that guy on the the when he throws him onto like the kitchen island and he snaps his neck on yeah. hitting his head down? That kill always sticks out to me. It's the yeah. one I always watch for in that part. That and one then kind of gave yeah. me the chills. Yeah. Um, in again, I'm bouncing around different yeah. movies. In the third one. He fights, um, what is his name? 
He plays he plays basketball for the 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 Clippers, I think. Now I can't remember his Boban Maranovic or something like that. He's this big, like six seven foot two center. He's this huge dude. Okay. And he he's an assassin in the third one because in the second one, John Wick kills a guy in the in the hotel. Um, so he gets banished and a hit gets put out on him. So the third one starts where the second one ends and he's running away from assassins. Well, he's in this library looking for this book and Boban walks up to him and starts fighting him. And he ends up putting a book in Boban's mouth and just slamming that big leather bound book into his head until he's dead. Oh gosh. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that whole first fight scene, uh, and then you get the policeman that shows up and you just like noise complaint. Yeah, yeah I wrote down complaint. in all caps, even the cops know who he is and leave him alone. Yeah, and you're working again, John. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And and then he calls the for the dinner reservation for six and this these the gangster cleaners show the cleaners, up and just yeah. clean everything. I really like that. I, I I need I need those guys to come over and clean up my apartment. <laughs> just a dinner reservation. Not even a dinner reservation for even one. Just come up and clean my apartment. There's not going to be any blood or anything. I could find a gold coin somewhere maybe. <laughs> yeah. And give it to them. I just need a nice It's just they just look like they do nice deep clean like a good job. Yeah. So, I would like them to come clean my house. And then you got the whole the whole scene, uh, you know, he steals the car, and then he takes it to the shop with... Uh, Luigi? Yeah, Luigi. What's his real name? John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. <laughs> and you know, he obviously knows who John Wick is because oh, yeah. he works for the Russian mob. Yeah. And he's, he punches Yosef and tells him to get the car out of his shop, and then John Wick shows up. I read that the the alcohol that he served him is a... Is a Spanish tequila, mm-hmm. uh, Mexican tequila, and whatever the word is stands for dangerous or danger or something mm. like that. It's I don't remember what the, the type of vodka or the tequila is, but it's it stands for danger. He gives him the sweet SS car. Oh, yeah. And then you cut to the, the call between John Leguizamo and Vigo, the yeah. head mob boss. And he's just asking him why he struck his son. And he says it was because he, he stole John Wick's car. And he just says, oh, and hangs the phone up. <laughs> um, and I read that, and that's a, a fun fact that I skipped over so we can do it now. Keanu Reeves is, you know, famous for saying, whoa, in all yeah. these movies. So they had multiple characters say, oh, in this yeah. movie and never had Keanu <laughs> I noticed that, that actually when I was watching it. And then you got the 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 scene between the Vigo and Yosef, where he's explaining John Wick yeah. and who he is. You get the Baba Yaga line, and he says he's not necessarily the boogeyman. He's the guy you call to kill the boogeyman. Yeah. And he talks about he wanted out of the game, so he gave him an impossible task. And the bodies that he piled that day. Built or were the foundation that everything that they are built on, and he says that he's a man of focus and something else, and that's something that the kid knows nothing about. Yeah, and that he once watched John Wick kill three men in a bar with a pencil. Yeah, um, 
and he says, uh, you know, the son's objecting that he could, you know, he could get rid of John Wick. He could take care of him. And the, the dad, you know, hugs his son and says that, uh, you know, listen, John will come for you and you can do nothing or you will do nothing because you can do nothing. Yeah. Now get the F out of my sight. And he yeah. kicks his son out of the place. And then he immediately hires a bunch of people to protect his son yeah. <laughs> as soon as he leaves. But that whole scene's really great. Um, you can you can tell that it, it really does a good job of balancing that the Vigo is mad from a sense that he's going to lose a lot of people that work for him. He knows that, that John mm-hmm. Wick is going to kill anybody and everybody that he puts in a path between his son and John. So he's you can tell he's mad about that, but you can also tell that he loves his son and doesn't want his son to die. Mm-hmm. And there's a it's really cool how he kind of balances the fence of being like super pissed off and just sad that his son's going to be killed. Yeah. Uh, because he knows that it doesn't matter. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Unless someone like Willem Dafoe gets to him, but turns out that Willem Dafoe is not going to um, actually kill John Wick. I speaking of Willem Dafoe and the likes, I I wrote down what a bro, sort of Willem Dafoe with the warning shot, and then after that I was just like wait, and then I got really confused. I'm like so I I just had a th- small theory. I'm like I'm convinced Willem Dafoe is mostly just trying to make sure he is the one who gets to kill John, or is just helping him take down the mafia. So I just wasn't sure. I was just like, I was so confused. Well, I think he, w- yeah, I think it's the second one because he asks if it's an exclusive contract. Yeah. Uh, when Vigo tells Willem Dafoe that he wants him to kill John Wick and mm-hmm. he says, no, it's open. And I think that he feels like it's a disrespectful thing that, cause they're friends, him yeah. and John Wick are friends and they're also assassins and this is a business, but that wouldn't be an exclusive contract just for him. Yeah. So then from that point on, he's like, I'm just, I'm going to help John Wick and taking down this, this Russian gangster. Yeah. Yeah. Before, because this was before the second thing where he, you know, where he gets, he gets captured and then he, you know, snipes the guys and he has the bag over his head. This was, I wrote that before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's the, the pillow right before when Perkins is sneaking in. Yeah. To the, the hotel room. He shoots the pillow. Yeah. Next to him. And then speaking of the scene with the bag over his head and that whole thing about, you know, it's just a dog. First of all, quit saying that to this man. Yeah. This is the reason that he's going out and killing these people is because his son's friends killed the dog that his wife, recently dead wife, was his last gift, was her last gift to him. And he's obviously so in love with this this lady that he would give up the life that he knew albeit however horrible it was to be with her and then her tragically to pass away from what i assume is cancer yeah in the movie and everybody even in the later movies they say are you doing this just because of that dog it's like quit saying that to this man he's killing people because they're saying this to him yeah but that scene in the room with the bag and he it's probably the most intense Keanu Reeves gets in this movie, like talking. Yeah. You know, everything else is very, you know, quiet Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But the, the part where he, um, 
he says that you know he the dog was a final gift from his wife and he received a semblance of hope and an opportunity to grieve on alone mm-hmm. and then that your son took that for me stole that for me and killed that for me and then the whole people have been asking me if I'm back and I haven't really known what to say uh, but I think I have an answer and I'm thinking I'm back that whole that whole scene I really I really like that yeah um, it's like he's coming it's like it's coming it's all coming to a head with Keanu Reeves because he's very calm and, and, and precise and tactical um, yeah for the rest and then the rest of the movie he's kind of unhinged even with the killing the guys in that warehouse and then yeah uh, going on to not so much kill the son I mean he takes all those guys out with a sniper rifle yeah and then kills the son he just wa- he just shoots him and then walks up and shoots him again right before the kid was saying in russian it was just a effing dog yeah like quit obviously stop saying it stop yeah. saying it and sp- uh, speaking of that part i really like how anticlimactic that part was yeah they didn't it, like overdo it it really made a point to kind of show that that um that's how that's how unimportant that that character was really to John Wick. He didn't need to give him a, a, a monologue. He's just like, there you are. Boom, boom. Walks yeah, you away. Killed, you killed something of mine, so I'm killing you. And that's yeah, he all didn't it need is. to do any of that. He's just like, business is like, boom, boom. You paid the price. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. It Because normally you'd be like, it would be a bit a speech or whatever. Yeah. You know. Or he would, he would say something to the guy like the the you killed that for me thing would have been like to another movie in another world that would have been what he said to the kid wounded on the ground but he already had done that so and he said it to the person that's actually in power and actually matters which is the mob boss yeah to essentially saying that he's not gonna stop he's just gonna keep going and going and going and they're gonna have to kill him to get him to stop yeah um and then uh you know he just he just yeah he like you said he pop pop to that guy you know uh what is that uh the community character pop pop magnitude uh, magnitude he just magnitudes the guy <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and that's it with him uh it's funny in that scene you know that guy's playing that call of duty game yeah and it the is volume's... so loud yeah. in the thing, and it's like obviously you don't want to be playing this game it just shows the incompetence of this group of people yeah that this kid has surrounded himself with and he's like, would you st- would you please turn off that stupid game? And as soon as he does, he gets that bullet through the ears. Yeah. I thought it was weird, though, because if you had headphones plugged in, why would it be coming through the speakers? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I people, mean, I don't, I don't know. know. That's just, I, get... I haven't played. I haven't played with, with headphones like that in a long time. Yeah. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Yeah, I just thought it was weird that, I mean, yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, I didn't really care Jake, to. Jake. Jake, stop nerding, stop nerding this podcast <laughs> up with your video game talk, Jake. It's just something I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, do, I didn't even write it down. I didn't even dwell on it that much. <laughs> but um, yeah, he gets those bullets, the bullets through the ears, and his buddy gets drowned in that like sink of like three inches of water. Oh, I know. In that pool house. Oh, and I meant to talk about Kevin Nash, the the big bodyguard. He was a professional wrestler. Uh, in like the early 2000s the big wait was he the bouncer first. yeah he was the bouncer that's kevin Nash. oh um, i did not know that and the 
you know, he steps out behind him. He's got the gun to the back of his head. Yeah. And he says that you've lost weight. And he says, yes, about 60 pounds. And that's, they're not actually talking. I read, this could be stupid and made up, but supposedly they're not actually talking about his weight. He's saying that there's 60 hostels inside the club telling John Wick that because he's on the radio and they can hear him talking. So he says there's, he's lost about 60 pounds. And it's actually t- him telling John Wick there's 60 hostels inside. And that's why John Wick tells him he could take the night off. He pulls the radio out of his ears and he lets him live. Is because he gave him information to use before going into the club. That's actually really cool. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Kevin Nash. Big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. They probably had to have Keanu on an Apple box just to get that angle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Keanu's <laughs> probably not a short guy by any means. Uh, anyways. Vigo, Vigo saying they'll know you're, uh, you're coming, and John says, John Wick says, of course, but it won't matter. Yeah. Um, I liked that part. And then mm. Rod's stepdad, um, Frank, saying to Miss Perkins that your membership to the Continental has been has been been by thine own hand revoked. And he turns around and she gets shot from four directions (laughs) in like Central Park. Yeah. It's actually very uh, fortunate that those guys didn't shoot through her. Yeah. Shot each other. Yeah. It's uh, what they use. uh, They didn't use full metal jacket. They use hollow point. So they they bust on impact. Gun nerds out there that probably don't listen to this podcast. Don't rip me up if that's wrong. Pretty yeah, sure gun nerds, if you listen to this do. podcast, don't rip them up because I don't know at all. And then um, the be seeing you, John. Be seeing you. Yeah, yeah, be seeing you. They say that in all of those. It's like a assassin thing. Yeah. Just be seeing you. In the in Fortnite, that's one of the emotes. He sees. Oh. He, just says, he just he like points at his eyes and he points at the at the screen. That came with John Wick. The other one he. Uh, so in the second or third one, he gets a suit that's Kevlar. It's like a suit, like he's wearing in this one, but it's Kevlar. So it's bulletproof. The whole suit's bulletproof. Um, so in Fortnite, the video game, he's got a bunch of bullet hole, bullets in his suit, and he'll stop and he pounds his chest, and all the bullets fall out. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's one of my favorite skins in that game. Yeah, that's cool. So, do you have any more parts or anything, Jake? I do. I said the music during these action scenes, specifically the club, like... I don't know. There was something when he like. I love how the music changes on each level he gets to, like yeah. down in the pool house. It's all very like calm and kind of soothing, but he's still just, you know, just lighting yeah. everyone up. And then when he goes up to the dance club, obviously it's the big techno. It's, yeah, it's it, like pulsating house yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I also said also praise to the DP on this film. The shots are just so good, just all throughout the movie. Just the various angles that they got for some things. I'm just like, oh, gosh, that's beautiful. So for us who aren't uh, actors, Jake, what does a DP mean? Oh, director of photography. Sorry. Okay. Because as I said, DP can mean a lot of things. I meant to. So I wrote DP for myself. I meant to just say the full word, but I didn't think about it. I just read exactly what I wrote. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I really liked the, the cinematography in this. It was just, I don't know. It was just, it was really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I also like that the, I think I think it's the the hotel the, or the continental thing is in the Flatiron Building, in yeah. New York, which is really cool. Which yeah, that whole the whole they just they're hiding in plain sight type of yeah. thing is really interesting. I really like that. That was super cool. And they cool. again, as the movies go on, it's like there's home there's like a homeless network of hitmen. 
that look like, and they're like, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. And like, there's beggars and stuff on the side of the um in New York that they're actually hitmen. Interesting. And That's they're just in chi- in Chinatown, it's like the 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 cooks and you know people working in the shops on the side of the road in Chinatown and everything are just all hitmen. And they're just all hiding in in plain sight type of thing. That's, that's the third cool. one, I think, because that's when he's running away from everybody. But yeah, so I mean, they're just hiding in plain sight. The and then you go into the Continental, and you can't do anything inside there. That's cool that there is a uh, yeah. You can't. There you are can't, rules. You can't try to kill each other. You can't c- conduct business trying to get contacts and things. Which the owner, the manager, which is. Uh, uh, Frank from Hot Rod. Um, he kind of breaks that rule in the yeah. bar, but you know who cares? He's the owner. He, yeah, it's his. Manager. It's his. Uh, it's his rule. Yeah, and then you go. You know, you walk through all these like shady underbelly of this hotel, and you walk into it. And it's like this fancy speakeasy bar. Which those those types of sets are always really cool to me. Yeah, it's like a it's like a nod back to like you know the golden age of cinema with like. Um, Frank, uh, no, what's his name? He was in Casablanca, and and those movies. Um, you can interject the Jeopardy theme here when you edit this. Or you, while you look it up, I'll just I'll just mm-hmm. I Keep can going. talk a little bit about it. I did really like the cast. I mean, John Leguizamo. I don't know. I've even though the Mario movie was terrible, I really liked him as an actor. And then um, Adrian Pilecki, who played. Uh, Perkins, she's yeah. in. I saw her in the Orville, fantastic in that show. It's a uh, uh, interject real quick. It is Humphrey Bogart. Was oh that, yeah, that was classic. It was just you know, it's just like a like a call back to like that era. Back, you know that era. It was always like they were in speakeasy type bars and things. Uh huh. So yeah, and speaking of per- Perkins, she was in she was in Friday Night Lights. She played Tyra. Oh okay. The, I haven't, the haven't troubled, seen that show. The troubled youth of Dillon, Texas. Troubled youths? Yeah, she's Tim Riggins' um, uh, romantic interest for the first couple of seasons, and then they drift apart. Okay. Sadly. Yeah, she's uh, she's in the show The Orville, the Seth MacFarlane space odyssey. Uh, Dean, Dean Winters, you know, as you Dean said, Winter. mayhem guy. Yeah, and then the mayhem guy. He's the vulture in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ian McShane, great actor. He's Frank from Hot Rod. Lance Reddick, who plays uh, sh- sh- something, can't remember. He's the front front uh, hotel desk guy. Yeah. Great actor. Yeah, those are the those are the main ones that I have seen. Oh, and obviously, you know, Willem Dafoe. Before we move on to the next thing, yeah, I wanted to talk about that final fight scene in the car. Yeah, and there's there's one there's one kill in particular that I really love. It's when he hits that guy and rolls him up onto the car, and he's shooting the roof of his car. And oh, the guy's dude, rolling over. That was so sick. <laughs> that part was so cool. Because I was just like, oh, he hit him with the car. That's enough. Nope, he just he's pop pop pop. Six bullets to the body going over the top of that car. Yeah. He wanted to make sure he's gone. Yeah, he, and that he looked like he was having so much fun. Like yeah, that was, that whole that whole car that whole car scene is hilarious. The uh, uh, Vigo is just drunk and laughing in the back seat the whole time yeah. while while the progressive mayhem guys. What's this guy? What's this guy? Oh, problem? I need a gun! I need a gun! 
Yeah, like, he does. He like goes to hand it to him when he reaches for it. He pulls it away. <laughs> he goes to hand it to him again. <laughs> and the way that he was like driving around, just in, instead of getting out and shooting, he was like driving around to get the guys. Like it reminds me of the way I, I sometimes like would play the old Halo games. If I got a car, I'm not gonna jump out and shoot things. I'm gonna do my best to run them down. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, just thought that was over. hilarious. It's a Grand Theft Auto style. As oh well. yeah, exactly. GTA as well. So before we move on to our next topic, we're going to take a quick break to listen to some uh, ads for other podcasts on the Fourth Hand Network. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the waste vessel, the Black Swirl. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new laughs and new absurdity, to boldly go where no sci-fi podcast has gone before. Welcome to Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. Hey, Blaze, come here a minute, man. Check this out. Yeah, what's up? Hey, look, I have an idea for our next Inhuman Experience ad. Cool. Let me see your computer. All right, check it out. See, right... No, wait, what the... What? Oh! Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. But oh, my computer... I have a better idea. But what about my computer... First, I start with the movie trailer voice. Okay. Then, you say something funky. I can dig it. And then, I say... Check out The Inhuman Experience, a paranormal podcast with Bobby Anthem. That's me. And Bobby Blade. That's you. And then we say we do tons of extensive research. But we don't do any research. I know. I know. We lie. All right. False advertisement. That's cool. you say find us on Apple Podcasts, yeah. Stitcher, right. Google Play, there too. wherever podcasts are heard. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom, ad is done. All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. But look, I have one question. What's up? Why did you have to smash? my computer all right all right good talk but wait but my computer let me know when you're ready to do the but what about my computer oh. and we're back here talking about john wick with jake spencer and yeah. ethan so jake big question would you recommend this movie to a friend i would highly recommend it it is a good movie it's it's not a very hard to follow story but it doesn't need to be to be a yeah. good movie it's well shot, well cast, well written. Uh, the pacing, there's not really pacing. It just kind of gets more intense the further you go into it. Yeah. But that's there's a okay. few, you know, there's a few down spots. Yeah, there's, there's a, a few reprieves, but then it just resumes yeah, in crazy let you action. Catch, let you catch your breath for a few seconds. Yeah. Um, and then it just throws you right back into the grinder of the game. I really liked movie. it. Um, Keanu has come a long way acting wise. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, not to say that he was bad, like back when he did like Bill and Ted in the Matrix. You know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like you know this, this is really he did a really really good job with this, like selling that you know he's a, a just a cold hard killer guy. I mean, yeah, good. It was it did a good job. Uh, I said yes. Uh, as I said last week, this movie has flashy action sequences. Yeah. They're real fun to watch. You're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. And like we said earlier, there's kills in it that make you just... I had to close feel, my eyes. You feel them, kind of. Yeah. There's just enough plot to make the movie interesting without bogging the, bogging the, the movie down too much. Yeah. Um, all the stuff at the first with the funeral and the dog and stuff, it's all pretty quick and to the point. Like, you're at the funeral... Then you're with the Russians at the 
at the gas station, then they're in the house, and then from then on, it's it's zero to a hundred. Yeah. Um, it just it doesn't take any time getting into what people are going into John Wick to watch. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem with the second and third ones. Like they're fine movies, but they get a little too caught up in world building. A oh, okay. Bit with the gotcha. Assassin Network and um, him being this like legendary hitman guy. Um, they get a little too caught up in that and it, it kind of gets clunky. Mm-hmm. Those. They're still, they still have plenty of sweet looking fast paced action scenes. There's one and a third. Halle Berry has these two German shepherds that have bulletproof vests and they just chomp dudes in this That's one crazy. scene. Okay. They're just attacking everybody. It's really cool. Um, Common is in the second one. I think it's Common. Okay. Um, he's like an assassin that's out to get John Wick, and they have a really awesome fight scene um, where they meet at a bar inside the Continental at first, and they can't do anything, so they're sitting there enjoying a drink, and then as soon as they go outside, they start fighting type that's of thing. That's kind of funny. You know, they, they have a lot of cool things in them, but they get a little clunky with the with the world building. Okay. The stuff that you're just not really wanting to watch. Well, I mean, I'm I'm interested in the world building though. I like. Yeah, I mean, I if like you haven't more. seen it, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. Okay. Just like those, uh, you said that you know, the, as the Bourne movies go on, they get better. Um, this is kind of it's, the opposite. It's it's not so much the opposite. They're just they're not horrible movies. Yeah. They're just kind of clunky. Okay. Um, and not as interesting, plot wise, as the first one. I guess. Gotcha. Um, like I said, I like them. I will watch them, but. Uh, it's just the first ones like for an action movie of this type it's kind of like a 100% like A plus type of a movie the other ones are like B B ratings you mm-hmm. know so does it hold up in 2020 Jake uh, absolutely yeah because I mean it came out six years ago uh, I mean I don't really don't really have any reasons to believe otherwise I mean, yeah um, it's got you know it's a high octane shooter and that's what people love to go to the movies to watch that's why they're still yeah. pumping out Mission Impossible movies it's oh, just, d- just that's they well, people love to go to those movies to watch watch action movies I mean, that and just, we just want to see what crazy ass stuff Tom Cruise is going to do next yeah well that's you know that's why people go go to the movies even with the Marvel stuff they're just action movies oh yeah uh, people like to go watch people fight it's just human nature yeah um, we've just found a way to do it nowadays where it's not actually putting in somebody inside of a gladiator arena and watch them actually kill each other. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, UFC, boxing, all that stuff's super popular. People are stooping so low to watch Jake Paul fight Nate Robinson yeah. in the boxing match. Don't so, know who Nate Robinson is, but I heard he won. Nate Robinson got whooped, dude. Wait. He's a former, former basketball Oh, wait, yeah, player. you're right. Who's former Nate Robinson? Former NBA basketball, he was a Thunderman for like a half a season, and then they traded him. Um, yeah, he got knocked out by a YouTube guy, Jake Paul. Wait, he got beat by Jake Paul? No yeah, way, dude, that's insane. Dude, you need to go. You need to go look up that clip of him getting knocked out by Jake Paul. It is hilarious. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, and then you know Mike Tyson fought another old guy. Oh yeah, I heard um, that he. To, he uh, smoked some marijuana before weed, that fight. weed before he fought. You know, people are just, you know, they're clamoring, especially right now in 2020, where everyone's, you know, supposed to be quarantining and things and everyone's spaced out. People are just clamoring to watch people fight people. So, yeah. 
yeah, these types of movies will always be popular. Um, as far as like the movie in and of itself, uh, since it was made in 2014, it's kind of tied to both worlds of like the tech pre 20, the 2000s, and then tech nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, there's they're using cell phones. They're using old rotary phones. Um, there's not any like crazy high tech gadgets in these in this movie it's it's really just assassins doing really cool things it's not with with like normal present day weapons there's not any high tech like weirdo assassin weapon or anything it's just yeah. glocks and assault rifles and things like that yeah so i think it they it does hold up very well now um i mean they're still making them they made a yeah. second and a third one there's a fourth one that's greenlit it's supposed to start filming next year or something Keanu Reeves, Keanu i'm Reeves. available yeah and he's kind of had a renaissance, you know. He was kind of struggling. There was a few movies in the late 2000s after The Matrix was done that he did that were kind of flops. Um, and this kind of boosted him back up, and he's uh, been in a lot of things again. He's he's it, the face of that cyberpunk video game that's yep. supposed to be coming out soon. It gave him enough money to, to do another Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, Bill and Ted. Thank you, John Wick, for... <laughs> Blessing us with another Bill and Ted yeah. movie. <laughs> Rewatchability, Jake. Uh, it is rewatchable. Mm-hmm. But before we move on to anything else, I did have a oh, thought yeah. about the be- kind of like, you know, when he's taking the sledgehammer down to his basement? Yeah. Like, it was very symbolic that, yeah, he cemented over all of his all of his old weapons and stuff, but he didn't actually ever get rid of them. He kept all of it as yep. as like a just-in-case kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's and that's like, just a that's just a because uh, uh, I read that the tattoo on his back is like it points to him being ex-military like mm-hmm. Marines or something, and that's just a former uh, military guy. You know they 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 might you know not want to be in that world or anything, but they always have something just in case. Yeah. Uh, that's just just a nod to veterans yeah. kind of a thing because that's I mean that's what. Like you said, it's he he buried his past and cemented it, but it's, he didn't get rid of it. It's still yeah. very much a part of him. And they, you know, Vigo talks about that. Yeah. In the in the the part where he's tied up in the yeah. chair. Yeah. He talks about, um, you know, you want it out, but this life doesn't let you go. Yeah. And God God took away your wife because of the things you've done. Yeah. And that that's why you're back. Yeah. And they said, you know, you dip even a little pinky into this world, and something reaches out and pulls you back under. Yeah. Type of a thing. Like, it just doesn't go away. Um, but, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But, yeah, definitely rewatchable. Yeah, I said uh, I, re- I rewatch this movie about every year. Um, I, wa- I rewatch it kind of annually. Um, you know, it's got rewatchable scenes. Most of the Secret Assassins Living in Plain Sight stuff is really cool. And it's not like, you know, he's like, he's this well-known guy in the in the uh, the hitman world and then obviously the police know who he is mm-hmm. but he can walk down the street and nobody knows he's john wick you yeah know? he's just a normal white dude walking in new york city so that's just really cool it's all really interesting how that works fun facts jake what you got well the first one i found was i mean it's the top one he keanu reeves did 90 percent of his own stunts first one i wrote down was John Wick kills 77 people in this movie? That's hilarious. 77. That's a lot. Yep. 
Keanu Reeves learned and memorized the nightclub fight sequence the day the scene was filmed? What? <laughs> That's insane. Because the amount of work that goes into choreographing a fight and then yeah. rehearsing it to where you don't injure yourself or the people you're fighting, there's a yeah, lot did, that goes uh, into it. I did a dance to uh, Jitterbug by Wham for a fundraiser at my and my friends one time, and it took us all evening to learn that thing. I can't imagine. And it was just like six dance moves. It wasn't even anything crazy. Yeah. And, well, gosh, like, I've done only minimal fight choreography, and, like, it was easy, but it still yeah, but, wasn't. But yours was, yours was breakdance fighting. And, no. And <laughs> no, I got a, I got need in the nuts. And then I got hit with a golf club in the face, and then I fell on a crash pad. That scene took about 45 minutes to film yeah. and work out. Like, that was just two things. Yeah. And then the crash pad was actually seen in the film, so. But I won't say who did it, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even use that just because you could see, you see me fall, and then you see the crash pad bounce up. I'm just like, come on, guys. You see it poof. You see it floof when you yeah. That's funny. According to the director's commentary, when they shot the top-level nightclub fight sequence, Keanu Reeves had the flu and was running a 104-degree fever, which seems irresponsible. It does. When I have a fever 104, I can't get out of bed. I'm just like... This <laughs> <laughs> seems what we're going through right now. Fighting with a 104-degree fever is very... It just seems irresponsible. Yeah. Come on, Keanu. Oh, my gosh. Director Chad Stoleski was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the Matrix movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, full circle. I just read one. I knew I recognized yeah. the, the Continental Doctor. He was the key maker in the Matrix Reloaded. That's cool, but I don't. I think I've seen the Matrix Reloaded one time. Oh, I've seen it. I've only seen it three times, but I, that's what I recognize. And I'm just like, I was watching him like, where do I know that guy from? Uh. Keanu Reeves' preparation for the, the role included weapons and martial arts training eight hours per day for four months. He could put that on his resume, like Dwight. Yep. He's got martial arts training. Yeah. If it, and if anybody thinks that it's not important, then there's about a billion Asians who would beg to differ. <laughs> Alfie Allen, who played Yosef. This is a weird one. Alfie Allen, who visit, her, played Yosef, visited Russian public baths in New York City to help with his Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, go literally anywhere else. Yeah, like, seriously. Why, why would you go do that? Why not just hire? I mean, uh, maybe it's cheaper than, maybe he couldn't afford a a, a, a speech uh, trainer. Can't even well, think. what else do, I mean, what else, I mean, go to, Go to something. I mean, you don't have to go to a bathhouse just ch chilling with a bunch of big Russian guys learning how to speak in a Russian accent. It's just a weird one. It's just a, I, I, I noticed that one, and I thought it was very weird. This one is kind of a uh, gun, gun nerd guy one. Um, John Wick smoothly transitions between several shooting styles depending on the situation. During close quarters battles, close quarter battles and while moving through tight hallways he employs a center axis relock stance and then when moving and shooting at longer ranges he changes into a more traditional 
Weaver and Isosceles stance. So, Matt Newton, if you're listening, that little bit was for you because I know that just totally piques your interest. Yeah, I have next to no idea what Me most neither. of that means. I just, I just, it was just a, seemed like a fun thing to read. The building facade used for the Continental Sanctuary is the same one used in the stock exchange scene in The Dark Knight Rises. That's cool. The more you know. Oh, here's a fun, fun fact. Willem Dafoe and John Leguizamo share a birthday. <laughs> birthday boys. Birthday buddies. <laughs> That's hilarious. Fun fact. I share a birthday with Tila Tequila. Nice. Let's see. The character John Wick of John Wick was originally meant to be in his mid-60s. Derek Kolstad wrote it for with Paul Newman in mind. Both times John puts magazines to the Kimber 911, he does a press check to make sure that it didn't jam because Kimber 911s are notorious for jamming on the first bullet of the magazine. He doesn't do that when he uses the Glock. And I thought that's, that's, I mean, again, unless you're like really into guns, it doesn't really, isn't really anything interesting, but just that they would go to a, like a, like a minute detail like that to where, um, a person that is really into firearms and shooting and those tendencies of guns would notice that he does do a press check before he fires the gun because it jams. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting little, little thing. Wick shows a lot of traits that in, uh, Wick shows a lot of traits that indicate that he was once a Marine using an M16 variant weaponry, driving Ford Mustang, <laughs> and a tendency to shoot his enemies two times in the chest and one in the head, which is a ta- uh, part of the Table Two Marines marksmanship training. And I meant to ask Greg when I was over at my mom's house if that was true, if that's part of the Table Two Marines marksmanship training. He's a former Marine. He was gotcha. to tell me that. Um, so, Greg, if you listen, please answer that question. During the museum fight scene, John Wick connects exactly seven shots with his 1911 pistol, which is the standard size of that magazine. So, seven shots, seven hits, because he only has seven bullets. Easy. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> And then, because we're getting a little long here, we'll bust yeah. through the casting. Uh, and then I have an, another question that I didn't send you that to ask that I just wanted to get it off the top of your head without you actually thinking about it. Would the movie be better if any of these people had been casted? So for the character of Winston, which is Frank from Hot Rod, Al Pacino, Michael Douglas, Bruce Dern, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Rector Hauer, Liam Neeson, and Christopher Waltz were all considered... For the role of Winston, and as much as I love Frank in Hot Rod, I do think if you threw Albert or Al Pacino, um, or like Robert De Niro or something in that character, it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think any of those guys could have sold that part to be kind of a a relaxed yet terrifying person. Yeah, especially Al Pacino, especially yeah. older Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, that's kind of his part in Ocean's 13. Yeah. He's just this very, you know, calm-seeming casino owner that is very vicious. And then producer Derek Kolstad originally wanted Johnny Depp for the role of John Wick, but Depp turned it down and Keanu Reeves got the role instead. And only to that, I say thank the Lord. Yeah. Because I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan. He is forever Captain Jack Sparrow to me, and I don't like any, hardly any of those movies. Here, here's what I'm seeing. 
Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis, Kurt Russell, Nick Cage, Kevin Costner, Johnny Depp, and Jason Statham were considered for the role of John Wick. Jason Statham probably would have been fine. The rest of the guys are too old, or I wouldn't have been interested yeah. in watching them. Yeah, I would not have. I would would not be interested in this movie if it was a Nick Cage film. Yeah. So, Jake, the question that I have for you, yeah, before we before we leave, is Jason Bourne v. John Wick in a one v one battle to the death. Who do you think? I don't know, man. It's a hard one. They're both very seasoned killers. Uh-huh. Um, I'm assuming they both, they're both, you know, former military turned assassins. Yeah. Um, they both know multiple styles of martial arts. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't know, dude. I mean, it'd be a push. You think it'd be like a wash? I don't know. It'd be, Either it'd be or. really close. Yeah. I mean, if either one of them comes out on top, they're not they're not going to be walking away very easily, that's for sure. Yeah. I lean John Wick just because I like the character. Um, yeah. I think Jason Bourne, he tends to have a, a more compassionate... In that movie, it seems like he has more of a compassionate side to him. Yeah. But if it was just, you know, a fight, fight, you know, yeah. where, like when he's fighting yeah. the other assassins, I mean, he's he's pretty brutal. To yeah, guys. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I just don't, I think that, I don't think John Wick, I mean, he's he had that for his wife and yeah. that dog, but for random people that he had to kill, he was very, his compassion was nowhere. So I don't know if that would help him in the long run. I think, uh, I don't know, the, the, the whole three men with a pencil thing, uh, probably makes me think it gives him an edge because it sounds like he could kill you with about anything, but they didn't really go into that. And in, so can in Jason Bourne. Bourne. I mean, he beat the yeah. shit out of a guy in the second one with a magazine. Yeah. And also it would, it would really, to me again, it would be who is fighting. Is it five years out of retirement? John wick. Or are we talking prime time? John? Wick? Yeah. There's it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables that would have to go into it. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say I can't say one or the other. I mean, yeah, I think it would be pretty close. I lean John Wick just because of a personal bias, probably. Fair enough. Um, but I would. It would be a fun thing, like a Freddy versus Jason style movie that would be Ooh, fun to watch. I would watch that for <laughs> sure, but not uh, like with a uh, you know Jason Bourne and John Wick. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like uh, set out to assassinate one another. Whoever. Oh, so it's like the Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but of these... <laughs> just kidding. No, they're just married, living a domestic <laughs> life. John Wick and Jason Bourne are married, and then their targets are each other. <laughs> yeah. Which is the plot of the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie. Uh, uh, Jason Bourne's just walking into the house to get some breakfast. He steps on their pet dog's paw and just triggers John Wick, and that's what happens. <laughs> I would watch that movie, actually. I don't even care. <laughs> he steps on that little pit bull's foot or tail walking past. And as he's apologizing, John Wick's coming down lock stocked and ready to fight with uh, 15 guns and 17 knives and just ready to go. So that's all we have for John Wick numero uno. Check it out. If it, uh, if you haven't already, if you listen to this podcast before watching the movie, which is a weird approach, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. Um, go and watch the movie. 
if you watched it prior to this, you're welcome. And if you've never seen it, you're welcome because it's a great movie. Yes. Uh, Jake, did you have a movie that we're going to watch next week? I do. Next week, we're going to watch a Bill Murray classic called What About Bob? What about him? Other than that, you can, if you enjoy our show, you can uh, drop us a five-star iTunes uh, like and a review. Tell us what you liked about the show, what you think we could improve. If you have any movies that you would like us to talk about, you know, toss them out there for us. If we hadn't seen one of them, we'll talk about it. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere where any of your podcasts are found. And then you can find us on Instagram at HYST Podcast, on Facebook at HYST Podcast, and then on Twitter at Seen This Have You. And then you can find me on Twitter if you want to follow me at Ethan Tyler Wilson with no R and Tyler. And the same thing on Instagram. And what about you, Jake? You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at J-A-E-K-S-P-E-N-C-E-R, Jake Spencer. And until next time, you know, be safe, wear a mask, have, uh, enjoy, enjoy the holidays coming up. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week with uh, What About Bob? I'm Ethan Wilson. And I'm Jake. We'll see you later. Bye. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.